Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host tonight, Paul Arnold, and I'm usually the host most nights, but occasionally I get a break. But I love talking to the co-host tonight, Ernest Watts. We've been friends for quite a while, and one of the things we like the most is we can remember things that are older than our sons have been around. You know, we remember the old school stuff, right, Ernest? Oh, yes. But it's not old school to us. To us, it just happened. Yeah. Yeah, for our kids, what will be old school to their kids? Like, they'll say, oh, I remember hey. Jordan played. No, it'd be it'd be like, uh, I remember when Tiger played. I remember when... LeBron most played. Of them, yeah, they probably can't remember when LeBron started. <laughs> yeah, LeBron... For, for, for your son, it'd be like, I remember... Can he remember Michigan winning the last basketball championship and winning their last football? He remembers Glenn Rice, right? Uh, no, no, it's it's back he a long it? time, man. He was born in ninety one. Ninety two. Okay, that was ninety two, ninety three, right? Yeah. When was, yeah. Anyway, and it, he doesn't remember the football either, does he? Foot. You know, that's the thing about sports. It's so like right now, but it, it lasts forever in your memories. I think that's why we love it so much. Is that it's so fresh. We remember seeing those great plays or how we felt, and you sort of live vicariously through your favorite stars. And one of the most favorite stars or the most notorious as far as media coverage is Tiger Woods. He says had such a career, they'd make a great movie. I don't know who would play him, but um, he had the car accident this week. And my mind probably went where most people's minds went was, oh my gosh, is he on painkillers because of his back surgery? Oh my gosh, did he crash uh, because of that? And all early indications and the sheriff says, no, no, he was in a, rental car he was at a tight turn radius he was going too fast but it's you know if it wasn't for airbags he probably still wouldn't be alive it's strangely how polarizing a character he is even today i mean like and i don't know if you've got the opportunity to see the special on hbo max the the five hour special no it is a fascinating bit of television. I mean, you mean really, on Tiger Woods? Uh, HBO did a whole five-hour yeah. documentary on Tiger oh, yeah. Woods. Did oh, Tiger yeah. Woods contribute to it? No, 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 by no means. <laughs> oh no, it's not that kind uh, of documentary, huh? Well, I mean, it's it's uh, Armin Katarian uh, did it basically from his book, and it's it's fascinating. He is such a layered character. He truly, truly is. And again, polarizing, I think, for a lot of people. I remember when the uh, U.S. Open was here in Pinehurst uh, both times. And people around here, there were a lot of people who have, even to this day, an immense hatred for him. And then younger, usually older people tend to be not fans, and younger people tend to be fans. But now the special goes over, and it's it's fascinating how his father made him, you know, if you remember the name Todd Marinovich, which was a robo quarterback. Well, this is really former... getting old now, you know, Ernest. Oh, it's know, 70s. Todd Marinovich played for University of Southern California. His dad His was dad... way over the top sports dad. I would not let him have a hamburger. He didn't have a hamburger until he was 27 years old. I mean, he, he drilled him into becoming this great quarterback who only played one year of college ball and and tiger's dead did a lot of the same thing i remember the first time seeing tiger woods when he was five years old chipping on the old mike douglas show my mom loved the mike douglas show which 
for you younger viewers, it was kind of the, the Regis and and uh, Jimmy uh, Fallon, whatever. Well, it was a daytime show. Oh, okay. it was a ninety-minute daytime show. It was out of Philadelphia, and we lived in the Philadelphia area, and we used to see it next day. And, and Mike Douglas would have these elected guests, and he'd have a guest host for a week, like John Lennon and Yoko were guest hosts for a week. But I remember when this guy brought his son, who's five years old, and he's chipping golf balls into glasses 20 feet away. That was Tiger. And, you know, at the time, it, you, know, you didn't realize. You thought it was just like, uh, some act or something like that. But his dad, who, again, just drilled him into it. And there's so many layers of it, like the hatred between his mother and his father. When his dad died, when Earl was died, his wife had him buried in an unmarked grave in at Wichita, Kansas, which you cannot find. There's no stone. There's nothing. And he was a womanizer, you know, and he'd take Tiger around all the time, and he'd see his dad, you know, with other women. And then he had his problems later on. He has drug addiction problems. There was resentment from older players in the uh, in the uh, the PGA. It's just fascinating if you get a chance to watch it five hours long. It is one of the most fascinating, and you don't really come away from it. I don't. You come with mixed emotions. You have sympathy for him. You you. I mean, you look at his body is broke down. But he would go off with the Marines and the Rangers and take these 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 uh, exercises and get beat up, physically abuse his body, trying to prove he was this tough physically. And I think that's what led to his breakdown more than anything else. I, again, I'll put it to you this way. Do you think, when you look at Tiger's career, do you look at success or do you look at it as, as, as a failure? Well, you... I see both. I mean, that's what makes the most compelling stories. Um, there was another golfer, um, Ben Hogan, who yeah. was in my dad's time and during the 50s. And why he was such a compelling story was he was like a robot out there. He was very stern. He wasn't smiley. didn't talk with people. He, Arnold Palmer was everybody's favorite. But Ben Hogan was this methodical machine. And nobody really liked him, but he won. And then he had a car wreck. And after that car wreck, he came back and regained his form and then they made a movie of his life and all of a sudden he became this beloved character in a similar way tiger woods went from just unbelievably great and all these kids loved that that interracial young kid changing the sport overcoming the odds and then his great you know loss and decline and then his you know winning the masters at such an older age Made him just such a great story. Now, when you hear Tiger talk on TV, you realize he's got a little jerk in him. He's got that attitude about him that where he tries to be friendly, but there's always an edge about Tiger. Um, and so I think he's tried real hard to reform his image. And I think his kids are a huge part of that. I mean, he's so human. I think people can relate to him. Unlike, you know, Tom Brady, a lot of people have hated him because he's looked too perfect or he has everything just right he's too controlling so when he got bombed or got drunk after winning the super bowl i had people saying to me eh, i sort of like him now i mean 
he has some flaws. I think in America, we do not like seeing people in the public eye that look too perfect, that we can't relate to. And if we can relate to them, we'll forgive them over and over again. So this is... It's ironic that you say that because going back to Ben Hogan, a lot of good, a lot of people felt better about him because of the movie because he was portrayed by Glenn Ford. A likable guy. Likable actor. Yes. Who who made him more human-like, even though Ben Hogan really didn't change that much after (laughs) accident. Now, he won about five or six tournaments afterwards. But he was only 37. He wasn't 45. And it was a drastically different injury. This injury is closer to what Alex Smith went through. But another fascinating thing, Paul, is in, is when in this documentary was Tiger has no social skills whatsoever. Like his first girlfriend, his girlfriend in college, uh-huh. his, his mother called her up and broke that off. His family broke off that relationship. Just a phone call. Don't talk well, to him his anymore. dad was not a good role model with relationships. Oh no! Oh no! And and you know, even at the point when it shows he had no lack lack of social skills, when he started philanthroping, uh, he'd go out to Vegas with Michael Jordan and and Charles Barkley, and they'd be there, and the women would come up, and Tiger did not have to know how to talk, even though he'd been married or was married at that time, didn't know how to talk to women. And he turned to Michael Jordan and says, how do you do it? How do you talk to these, these women? Michael Jordan says, dude, just tell him you're Tiger Woods. That's all you got to do. <laughs> he has no social skills. I mean, I think a lot of that, that arrogance that comes through, and I'm sure if I was him, I'd be arrogant also. But I think this guy was not raised like a normal kid. Now, listen, hey. None of us do a perfect job of even parenting, okay? I mean, kids don't come with an owner's manual. And we all make our mistakes, but they essentially rob him of his childhood. And yeah, the trade-off is he's the second best golfer of all time. And I, I hear it's fascinating if you just say he's a success and a failure. To me, uh, you know, so he didn't match Jack Nicholas's record, 16 majors, and didn't, you know, so what? To me, he's had an amazing career. And to me, he had to go against more competitors than Jack did. I mean, Jack had Jack had a hard time because he came out because they called him Fat Jack because he was a little heavy. Uh, he had to go against the most popular golfer of all time, Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer and Arnie's Army. I mean, that's that's it. There was a as many people resent Tiger when he started. I think more people were about as much resented Jack Nicklaus. But I think other than that, Jack Nicholas didn't have as many, I think, rivals as as Tiger did. Mm-hmm. And, Let and me put it this way, all right? Because we're talking about sports stars. They're human, too. Do you admire Tiger Woods? I admire what he did on the golf course. I see a lot of rational reasons for his personal problems. I mean, we learn more the first five years of our life than we do the rest of our life. We learn role models. We learn how to act as an adult, modeling behavior. He had two horrible role models. Are you lumping his mom into this too? Oh, yes. His mother is – she has this killer instinct that I think reflected more in his golf game than his dad did. The point of how he just cuts people off. He's been through, what, four or five caddies? And every time he finishes, and Stevie Williams is the most famous, and, and Stevie just gave him a call and said, 
and has not talked to him to this day. Mm. Duff was the same way. I mean, he's he's just very blue. Again, I think this is the lack of personal skills. And his brother believes in this 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 uh, philosophy of if you're not if someone is adding to your personal life or your goals, they're out of your life. And and again, I mean, I have pity for people who have rough childhoods. I really do. Uh, he's an adult. Is he responsible? Can you for his think action? of another uh, sports star that's had a worse childhood than him? Oh wow! You know, Babe Ruth had a pretty bad one. He was uh, essentially raised in the back of a, a saloon. He was orphaned as a child. Uh, Richard Pryor, the comedian. Well, well. He was uh, raised in, shall we say, a uh, house of ill repute. Grandmother was a madam. There, there are a lot of people that, like I said, I, I think what you said, the, the success and failure, I have pity and then and I have admiration for what he's able to do on the golf course. I have a little pity for what he was able, for what his life has gone through. At the same time, he has to take responsibility for you know, his addictions and his problems and, and the way he's treated people to a large extent and how he's, he's monetized. Uh, you know, Michael George dragged the dirt because he's not contributed to social organizations and social problems. Uh, Tiger is guilty of the same thing, and he represents two minorities, uh, those from the Southeast, Asia, and, and uh, African-Americans. I think the perfect so, word to describe Tiger, Tiger is compelling. He's always compelling. He's always, you know, you're watching. He's so laser focused. He's had an imperfect life, imperfect childhood. He's just made for TV, uh, for this TV generation and the video game generation. You might say him and Madden benefited the most from the boom of really good video games. I know you're a gamer. Would you say between Madden and Tiger, Madden has made more money. But besides those two, can you think of a third athlete that's made a ton of money on video games that's the only two whose names are constantly on it and i've gone back to pga ever since his uh sexual addiction problems but yeah i mean that's the two there's no other person who's named uh on a, a yearly basis because there's no nhl there's no gretzky nhl there's no jordan basketball i mean yeah it's it's those two I mean, others have had one-year types of programs, but the other types of games, sports-related, are basically about the league or the sport itself. The only other one is Tony Hawk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Tony Hawk. Oh, yeah, Tony Hawk, who has a stellar reputation, and and to this day, no one says anything. I mean, sure, he's done some bad things. But the, this is somebody whose his reputation far exceeds. I mean, you, you know, that was a Lance Armstrong bicycle uh, cycling game at some time, but you see how that went. And, and that's, that's the problem with that is anybody who uh, anybody who uses a celebrity endorser, there's always the risk of that blowing up in your face. So we, we've talked about Tiger. I was trying to think of somebody in baseball. We started off this podcast talking about a Rob. Our, well, our old and that's school. That's the amazing thing. The amazing thing about A Rod <laughs> is now you see him on Fox. No, I wasn't going A Rod, but what okay. I was going to say is we started out talking that we have our generation of sports heroes because it's timeless. Then we talked about 
our sons growing up, our sons are our 30s now or your early 30s, who they will remember ideally. The one person I was thinking about in baseball that did not turn out to be a tragic story, but I think in his day and time, he was looked up to almost as much as Tiger, and that's Ken Griffey Jr. I remember when he was at his pinnacle, man, kids loved him, and there was so much of his stuff out there for you know jerseys and gloves and hats and all sorts of things. And he grew up with a dad who played baseball, and he has stayed out of trouble for the most part, and he didn't do the steroids we can tell like the other uh, athletes did. And uh, one of our other co-hosts, Nate Moyer, met him in an airport, and he was kind enough to take a picture with him. So you see somebody who was really great and yet didn't seem to have as many demons or as many struggles as a Tiger or a Barry Bonds or somebody like that. How about Cal? Cal Ripken. Well, that's more our generation than our son's generation, but I, my son fondly remembers Cal, um, but he grew up with a dad that was pretty strict and principled, and yeah. he said his mother raised him as much as his dad, and his mom was pretty uh, strict. And Well, maybe we should get my, to... My son, my son was Nolan Ryan, who he was not aware of to the very, you know, when he was very young when Nolan Ryan was at the end of his career, but he had posters and books and everything for, for my youngest son, it was Nolan Ryan. For both my sons, this is this is regional. Uh, it was Muggsy Bogues. They both loved Muggs and, <laughs> Muggsy. and got autographs. Well, it's it's you know Michael Jordan always made the statement: there'll be another Michael Jordan, but there'll never be another Muggsy Bogues. There'll never be another guy five foot three play in the NBA for fifteen years. He was amazing, and, and he made it into Space Jam. Yes, anybody to space it. Well, so did Sean Bradley. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's back off here a little bit. Okay? <laughs> That's so funny. All right. So let's get to some current sports news. And the thing that really got me today when I was looking at sports headlines was Russell Wilson is angling out of uh, Seattle. I think he feels like they're near a rebuild and he's seen other quarterbacks going and his agent is basically given a list of four teams I don't know which four teams they are. There are a lot of conjecture which four teams they are. Um, Chicago, right. the Saints, the Cowboys. Oh, and Bears. Bears, yes, the Bears. So and, all and of a sudden, you, NFL you is becoming this, you force your way out and quarterbacks can do a shuffle, right? It's the Brady effect. The idea that you can run your own offense and, and bring in your own offensive coordinator. They've seen Brady do that at Tampa Bay. Now you've got uh, Watson thinks he can do that. Wilson can do that. And 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 as for Wilson, uh, you can go ahead and kick out the Saints because they're eighty million over the cap. So th- there's no way they could pay him. If he is traded, Seattle would take a fifty-three million dollar dead cap. Oh, oh my gosh. So they're not going to – I don't think this is going to happen. But if they did, it would. you'd have to do it this way. Dallas could possibly do it if they signed Dak and they swapped. And if I was Seattle, I'd take Dak for a 32-year-old quarterback in a heartbeat. The, Seattle would get the better part of that. Uh, you'd have to throw somebody in with Trubisky. I don't think Seattle's going to take Trubisky. No. So you, oh, come you on. Can, you can forget that. So that's that's not going to happen. Let me see. What was the fourth one? We had Dallas. We had the, the Bears. Saints, the Bears, Bears. and um, 
Oh, it'll come to me. Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna... We'll figure it out after. We'll while. figure it out. So you uh, think oh, it's it Vegas? It was Vegas. Oh, that's right, Las Vegas Raiders. Somehow we forgot that without the Oakland in there. I can't understand him wanting to go. I guess go with Chucky. Yeah, but uh, I I don't know the contracts. That'd be car for him. I don't see Seattle doing that. The only one I could see pull it off I, would be Dallas, and that would make Dallas a Super Bowl contender. That would make uh, I would think Seattle would be just as good. I think, yeah, you take a younger, bigger, stronger version mm. of. I mean, Russell Wilson is thirty-two, but he, you know how I feel about athletes. Yeah, over well, the age of Brady's proven you wrong. Is the clock really ticking the on one. the Cowboys? Is I mean, because this would be a move by Jerry Jones of saying, "Hey, our window is only two more seasons or three more seasons. We need to win now." Let's get uh, Russell Wilson in here, a proven commodity. Given one since 93. Every year is the year to make a move. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't think you can do a lot of that more than two or three years in the future. And He's got a lot of guys that are aging. I, I, yeah, now. I think that'd be a great move for Dallas. Yeah. Because uh, they're going to pretty much pay that much for Dak. Uh, they can't keep you know, franchise tagging him. It's going to eat more and more. They've got to do the long-term contract. I don't know how they're going to pull that off. But, again, this is the Brady move. You know, it's Watson has essentially said the same thing. Watson met with Cully, the new head coach, last wah, Friday. Wah, and, wah. and he said, uh, I'm not playing. <laughs> See ya. Might as well get something for me. I'm, and, and supposedly, according to ESPN, he, he's only, he has uh, no trade clause, and he's only allowed to be traded to three teams. And that's the Jets, that's Miami, and that's Carolina, even though Denver showed a lot of interest. And I can see why. Fit in there in Denver and be very competitive. Wow, could it yeah, be crazy? I, he goes to Miami and Tua goes to Houston. That would be crazy. Well, and they've got two first-round draft picks. Uh, you know, They're talking about McCaffrey and three picks from Carolina, the Jets have the second pick. Uh, they'd have to trade Arnold. they got to get a quarterback in return because they don't have a backup of any type. So they'd have to get a, a quarterback back to at least and then draft one in the draft pick. The and NFL right now, is becoming the NBA. I mean, off-season moves are almost more interesting than the real season. Well, it's, it's, it's all the idea, the concept of keeping in the front of the page, I mean, front of the papers, well, not papers. Well, the <laughs> How internet, old are you? Papers. I know. What's the age. I mean, we got pitchers and catchers. We got the first exhibition baseball game starting Sunday, and everybody's talking about the quarterback shuffle. You got the NCAA tournament in two weeks, and everybody's talking about football, bath, bath, NBA, and they're loving it. I mean, the NBA has become just like the NBA, a twelve-month sport, where these others are being pushed in little. You know, they're bickering among themselves. And, you know, I, I enjoy all these sports and got to throw a plug for hockey in there also. But well, it's, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. I mean, it's, again, it's, it's, it's quarterbacks are starting to realize, you know, you're paying me one quarter of the salary cap. Yeah. I should have influence. I decide where I'm going, similar to what we see in the NBA, and I'm going to determine what kind of style of ball we're going to be playing. And again, I think this is the Brady effect. 
right? One player that might be shuffled out of this whole scene is Justin Fields. His stock keeps on dropping and dropping as teams don't seem eager to draft him. They're thinking about drafting the other North Dakota quarterback. Trey Lance. Yeah. I mean, I say the other because that's what Carson Wentz played yeah. at one time. But now, now he, uh, he hasn't played. He played one game in the fall. They're playing now. Yes, I'm watching FCS football, enjoyable football. Ed Ogeron's son is the quarterback from McNeese State. There's some interesting games. But uh, he's What only channel played, is that on? That's on the ESPN Plus. Oh, that's it. Okay. All right. Like I said, I've, there's about four games on Sunday and about ten games on Saturday. If you, if you miss your football like I do, it's highly enjoyable. Uh, I maybe advise watch the uh, Mountain West Conference. That is the best conference in FCS football. That's uh, North Dakota State. That's North Dakota, South Dakota State. Uh, Youngstown, in your neighborhood. And uh, also um, uh, Southern uh, Illinois. There's Back to Justin Fields for a second. Back to think, Justin. Yeah, do you think I, I he's going to get drafted in the first round now? To me, he's the second-best quarterback. I can't understand this. I really don't from what I've seen. And the big thing they're, they're, they're ragging on is he has – when he looks at the secondary and third targets, they say he's not that good at picking up his, his other targets after his first target is covered up. Well, that's the same thing they say about Mac Jones. I don't know why everybody's fell in love with Mac Jones. If I had the wide receivers of Alabama, I could have been – at age 64, <laughs> uh, a fifth round in draft. In your dreams, in your dreams. Yes, I mean, I've seen Trey Lance play. He's not as good as Justin Fields. I've seen the the Zach Wilson out of BYU. He's not as good as Justin Fields. Justin Fields is the second best quarterback. He's big, he's large, he's mobile. So your Panthers, who are they going to draft? There's talk they're going to draft Jones. Yeah, I can't. Well, they he came in for the uh, – the senior bowl uh, down in uh, Mobile, Alabama, and they coached him. He did practice, but he didn't play in the game and supposedly enamored. But, you know, only the Russian propaganda machine throws out more lies than NFL teams do before drafting, <laughs> okay? You, you can't – you got to think this all with a grain of salt. Now, I'd rather my Panthers draft uh, Micah uh, Parsons, who's the middle linebacker out of uh, Penn State, or Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. That's my choices. Uh, to me, you can get a good quarterback in second, third. But it, it, they're overrating it. Again, I've seen Wilson play. I've seen Trey Lance play. I'm one of the few people you probably know who's seen Trey Lance play. Uh, and I, I've seen, I mean, again, I can't see these three guys against Fields. To me, I, I've seen enough of Fields. He threw what, Paul? Only four interceptions all year? Mm. I mean, except for one bad half against Alabama, and who did well against Alabama? Right. I He won every game he played in. So the talk up here is the Lions might sneak in there and grab him in the first round because they don't feel that great about golf. I think that's just a rumor. I think it's a wannabe. I think they they're not good. They have so many other needs besides quarterback right now. Golf is serviceable for a while. So I think, you know, if this is really true about Fields, if he drops to the second round, somebody's going to get a steal with a quarterback has a chip on his shoulder. I think he's oh, decent he enough. He won't get past the Patriots. I think he'll be like Hurts 
is sort of. Do you think Hertz is a better quarterback than Fields? No, uh, Hertz is undersized. Hertz, he may be six feet on the roster, but he's five ten in real life. Fields is six five. Well, do you he's think they're comparable in their games, though? That they're mobile no, quarterback? No, no, drastically no. Fields drastically is so much no, 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 no. No, Fields to me is a average quarterback at best. He has not shown me the throwing accuracy that Fields has. Okay, so Hertz is an average quarterback, not Fields. Yeah, yeah, Hertz is average. I mean, if I'm an Eagles fan, I don't feel so. Good is Fields the like Hertz another? Uh, was it Hoskins? Who's the guy who went to Washington Football Club from Ohio State? Yeah, but he's better than Hoskins. Uh, this is a guy that was the number one prospect out of high school at quarterback. Went to Georgia, then got to impatient. Georgia. Yeah, got impatient, was able to transfer and not have to sit out a year. Uh, so he's coming out as a true junior. He has the size, he has the speed, he has the throwing. Uh, the idea of not picking up his secondary targets, I've heard the same thing about Mac Jones. I've heard that about most young quarterbacks. You know, Lawrence may be the exception to that rule. That's that's something that can be taught over a period of time. He has the physical school skills. He led a team. What did he lose, Paul? Two games his entire career yeah, right, right. at Ohio State. I mean, and you know, there's some good receivers at Ohio State, not as good as Alabama, but I, I can't understand this. It's not a size factor. It's not a physical ability. I, I don't understand. So this is gamemanship. Just general managers just yapping up to seeing if they can steal them in the first round. Well, it may be for the Jets. I can understand not picking him because they're probably trying to. You know, they want to get a good trade offer where they can get something for Darnold. And if they pick in second or trade that pick, I mean, it just, I, I just think it's overrating of these quarterbacks in the first round. Look at last year, okay? You heard three quarterbacks last year. And then the big argument was uh, okay, do we take Burrow or do we take Tua? Burrow, Tua, Burrow, Tua. And when it came down to it, Herbert got picked before Tua. No, no, no. Tua got picked before Herbert. Herbert was probably going to be the best of those three. He was the third one picked. It's I intangible. Mean, it's because Herbert always looked so laid back. They didn't think he'd be a good quarterback in the clutch. But so was Joe Montana. Joe Montana was Joe Cool. He he didn't look impressive, but he he had sort of that quiet assassin approach about him that made him so great. So uh, I'm going to change it up just a little bit. Uh, of all the NFL coaches right now, who would you like to have dinner with right now? If you could have dinner, lunch, out in a park, I don't know. Oh, wow. Uh, well, about the same age, coach at Seattle, Pete Carroll would probably be a very fascinating person to talk to. Yeah, Pete Carroll. Well, you're talking that Tiger has no social skills, right? So I don't think Tiger would be fun to hang out with. I think he would be, like, pretty stiff or... Oh, Phil uh, Nicholson would be much more fun, except I wouldn't take any stock advice or betting advice. (laughs) No, no, Phil has his own... I mean, of of all the guys on the tour right now, wouldn't Phil be the most, you know, the, the, you know... Dustin Johnson might want to get some gossip yeah. about his father-in-law. Right. Well, uh, it's like Belichick. Those who, don't know, those who don't know, Wayne Gretzky is his father-in-law. Yeah. But, it's like ahead. if I had lunch with an NFL coach, I would love if Belichick would finally open up 
for that one moment, if you gave him like truth serum or laughing no, gas, uh, he, the, he goes, <laughs> we're on the lunch. Yeah. We're on the drink. Yeah. Have Subway. We're on the, we're on the dessert. Yeah. We're on the dessert. But if you'd open up, it would be so cool. But you got to have somebody that likes to have a little fun and will lean over and say, Hey, I remember this time. And then they tell you a story that's beyond cool. Um, that's the kind of I guy. I think his old boss, his old boss would be that way. Bill Parcells would be a riot to go out to lunch with, slam some beers with. I mean, Bill Parcells just seems that likable type of guy. We get so corporate. There used to be some guys like that. Jimmy Johnson would have been fun. Hmm. Uh, Joe Gibbs, even though he put on this persona, everyone tells me that he was a fun guy to be around. Coaches today. Well, are Bruce Arians so has gotten corporate. that reputation. That yeah, you know. Bruce Arians would be pretty fun. But I, you know, Pete again. Pete again. Again, he's older than Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll just seems to be a fascinating guy. I always think that uh, not Luke Wilson, but his brother uh, would be great to play Owen. him. Sound like, Owen Wilson could play the Pete Carroll story. I really, truly believe that. <laughs> he, well, would he they get his nose fixed for the job? Would they do a makeup well, job? He'd probably have nose? to. He'd have to. But he just does that, <laughs> CGI that his breathless, breathless talking that they both do. <laughs> but he seems, you know, that's that's the more likable. Can you? Who would you want? NFL coach. Well, that's what I was going through, but I want, you, I'm going to shift it. You can't eat with Matt Patricia. He doesn't have a job anymore. Well, I'm going to just go from the line that you never know about somebody because they'll prove you wrong. Aaron Rodgers has been my son's least favorite quarterback in the world. <laughs> and it just came out yesterday or this morning that Aaron Rodgers engaged to uh, uh, actress uh, Shanley Woodley, Woodley, Woodley. Who's, yeah. who starred in a bunch of movies and – um, and she didn't even know he was an NFL quarterback, and they started dating during oh, COVID. But she's got to be Aaron ten. Rodgers will be uh, George Clooney's son-in-law because you know, in the movie The Descendants. Oh uh, no! Now George you're going. Clooney's That's father. like six degrees of separation there. But anyways, yeah. Rodgers got to be at least ten years older than this actress, right? She's twenty-eight, so yeah, he's ten years older. Yeah, so you never know about a guy. And she claims, oh, this is guy sort of nerdy and he's sort of athletic and, he, and he's just really smart. And and I thought, wait a second. You know, Aaron Rodgers, sometimes when you're nerdy and uh, shy, you come across as arrogant and uh, difficult. And so, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers has a different side to him. Maybe Bill Belichick has a different side to him. Maybe? I you know, know, she said when she first met him, was at a bar. And she didn't know who he was, and I guess she asked him what he did, and he probably said, "I sell insurance on the side." <laughs> yeah, State Farm and agent. State Farm. State Farm. Yeah, <laughs> I take I mean, phone calls late at night. She's different than his previous girlfriends, Olivia Munn and Actress? Danica Patrick. Race car driver. Yeah, but yeah, but they're they're more flashier than she's not. Not that flashy, uh, you know, no, actress in that respect. No. So it's drastically different. Does this mean David was is going to give up Jeopardy for those two weeks? That <laughs> when Aaron he hosts Rogers Jeopardy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It will be interesting how Aaron Rodgers does with Jeopardy. I'm curious to see that. I sort of like that they're rotating different people in on that just to see how things go. And Ken Jennings was okay as the guest host, but he was a little stiff, I thought. I think they... Then my wife says, "Wasn't Alex Trebek a little stiff too?" And I went, "Yeah, maybe." Well, at the beginning, I mean, yeah, you got to. I go back to the the guy before him, 
who uh boy just Fleming? my name Ed, yes 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 uh Fleming Art and, Fleming and was it Bob, Bill Fleming? Art Fleming no, it was Art Fleming yeah and Bill Don Pardo yes on Jeopardy <laughs> who was the voice on Saturday Night Live until he died and then they got one of the stage folks to imitate him in that respect but Katie Cork's going to do it it's it, you know, we're old. We remember these older guys. People will simulate whoever the new one is, whether it's Ken Jennings or, or whoever, or Weird Al Yankovic. Actually, if, if Will Ferrell has some time, would that be bad if he came on there and did the impression? <laughs> too soon. Too soon, man. Too soon. Too soon. Okay. All right. Well, let's shift to something a little bit more before we wrap this podcast up. We love entertainment, and heaven knows I've watched a lot more TV over the last year. And what I mean by TV is Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, AT&T, Sling, Pluto TV, Peacock TV. Oh, my gosh. How many services do you belong to, Ernest? Boy, you got to tell me. Well, you know, CBS <laughs> is becoming Paramount Plus. Oh yeah. Um, I have Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus, ESPN Plus, uh, some freebies in HBO. there. Uh, HBO Max. Uh, what's the freebies? Uh, Pluto, Peacock, uh, Peacock, and there's another one who escapes my name right now. Oh, but I yeah, know. there's so many. And I've. I've yeah, yeah, it's it's fascinating because I don't know if you're aware of it, but the announcement came out today, actually yesterday, that now Paramount Plus, CBS Plus, they're going to do the same thing as HBO Max, and they're going to be showing first-run movies mm. like the next Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 7, <laughs> and a few others are going to be shown first on those. Ten years from now, we'll be watching Tom Cruise running or pushing a walker and, and you know, Mission Impossible 22. Well, you know, and this is going to sound like I'm making this up, but this is true. He is filming part of Mission Impossible 8 in space in, at the uh, space station, the International Space Station. They're going to send him up on a flight, uh, Elon Musk is, and they're really? going to film him, yes, in real life. So the government's <laughs> not going to do it, so he's going to go on a private flight. So he's going up to the International Space Station, and they're going to film him in the space station for Mission Impossible 8. I know this sounds like a bad SNL sketch, but this is real. Wow. That's that's like, you know, the apocalypse is coming or something. It's just so strange. It's so, woo. Wow. Okay. So what do you recommend with all your options? What are you watching oh, right okay. now? Oh, I have strange tastes. There is a, uh, it's actually been out about three or four years, but a wonderful, and that's why I like to find these little classics, these little movies. A movie on uh, Netflix called Spectral, okay? And how I can describe it without spoiling it. Uh, basically, it's a military project in uh, Eastern Europe, and these things start killing marine personnel without spoiling it it is scientifically plausible it is science fact it is not science fiction hmm. um it's a nice little movie uh, i highly recommend that disenchantment which is an animated series by matt groaning 
which is kind of a mixture between uh, Futurama and uh, The Simpsons, is on Netflix. I highly recommend it. Uh, let me see. On Hulu. Are these things that your uh, grandsons can watch, or are we talking adult viewing? Well, here? these are uh, kids can watch it under over 10. I would say that. <laughs> Over They're not going to run uh, into the room and ask their grandma, Grandma, what does this mean? Uh. They might. They might. <laughs> the IT Crowd, which is an old British series, which is fabulous. Uh, I recommend that on Netflix. Uh, I love the Letterman interviews. If you get a chance to yeah, watch they're those. Funny. Well done. Anything uh, like, that Peyton uh, Manning does is good, too. Uh, comedian. In cars drinking coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. I love that also. Yeah, me too. That, that's that's well done. Uh, Hulu uh, Wilford is a little TV series that was on FX for a while. It's extremely dark, dreamy. What we do in the shadows is another. It's a doc, kind of an office style documentary about vampires. It's based on a New Zealand film. Highly recommend that. Uh, Motions of the Wolves on Netflix. Do you have any time to watch sports with all these sh- shows? Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get yeah, two hours of I sleep know. a night or something? Unfortunately, that's about it these days. I'm, I'm down to four hours of sleep a night. <laughs> so I like these little hidden pleasure films that I, I find up seeing sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's and then you look back at other movies, you realize how horrible they were. I was watching Argo the other night and realized, man, this is a terrible movie. <laughs> it won How an Academy did... Award. Why? <laughs> because Ben Affleck wrote another script, I guess. They, they're it's, just so I amazed mean, he wrote two scripts in his life. But it was going against Lincoln, which gets better and better every time I see it, Steven Spielberg, and Zero Dark Forty uh, by Catherine Bigelow, which are much better films. I mean, it's again, some of the choices they make are just beyond me mm. uh, other choices listen if you miss football like i miss football pluto tv shows live not live but full broadcast of old games yes. 10 15 years ago it's fascinating because i was sitting there watching the other day and i was watching my panthers play and i went whatever happened to nae he was a wide receiver for us i didn't <laughs> even remember him you see guys playing, and I've totally forgotten about it. Right, them. they were flashing the pan, and they were gone. That's it. But if, you know, if you're missing football on you know, Monday night, flip over that, and they show, and you hear a lot of old announcers that you wonder, what happened, what happened to, what happened to so-and-so? Why so is you he Google it, don't that? you? When I do that, I yeah, Google yeah. all these names, like, oh, yeah. Are they still alive? Is Charlie Jones still alive? No, he's not, so... Yes, a lot of older now. Well, we, didn't we lose Mean Joe Green this last couple of weeks? Did we? Oh, breaking that news. Sorry, Mean Joe me. Green. I, but I thought I saw that somewhere. I'll have to edit this out if it's wrong, but I thought I saw that was out there. But uh, anyways, we'll start to wrap up this podcast, and um, we'll correct our mistakes next week. Ernest, what's your last couple He's still with us. Oh, okay. Boy. Sorry. Sorry, Mean Joe Green. Well, mean Joe Boy, I don't want to get there. on the wrong side of him. Ooh. All right, Ernest. Oh, my last, my last rant. Yeah, y'all know y'all know I'm hockey fans. Okay, I love my hockey, love and enjoy hockey. And there has been, uh, if you're not familiar with the season this year, uh, the teams are playing in 18 conferences, 
and they play only within their division. They don't play the other divisions because a lot of it has to go because Canada's COVID reasons, they can't cross the border. And because they're playing the same teams, the same seven teams, I mean, you had a stretch where I think the Coyotes played um, the Avalanche six straight games. And you can kind of see where I'm going with this. There has been a natural outgrowth of playing the same teams over and over again. Grudges. Yes, fighting is up. There were twice as many fights as there were last year. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing your face, buddy. That's it. I mean, it's you got teams playing them all together. And this reminds me of the old original six. And those of you who don't know much about the NHL history, there were six teams up until 1968. So for the first 60 years of the NHL, there were six teams, and that's it. And you played that other team 40 times during the season. And you got sick and tired, and that's why there's more fighting. And fighting's back in hockey. And, you know, so this is a good thing or a bad thing, then? To me, it's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, this is something hockey has fought with for years. Fought with? And when they... Uh, well, maybe those poor trust words. Wrestled with? Maybe that's what I need to say. There are those who feel like, uh, you know, what's the old Rodney Dangerfield? I went to a fight and a hockey game started. Yeah, broke hockey out. game broke yeah, out. Oh, hey, oh. hey, hey, no uh, respect here. Hey. It's, it's, hockey has, over a period of time, felt like fighting detracted from the natural and national exposure of the sport. Hindered that. But to those who've played, like my co-host, it is a natural progression now. In amateur hockey, for a long time, collegiate hockey, it's been eliminated. But to me, I enjoyed seeing it back. I enjoyed seeing the, the old guys like uh, Tiger Williams and, and that type, guys who uh, 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 Brad Schultz with the old Philadelphia Flyers, guys who were could barely stand on skates, but were just brought in when their team was down two two goals just to mix it up and and show that they weren't going to take a loss easily. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy the fighting and I I enjoyed seeing it come back. I and mean, this is a one time team. Next year we'll go back to the same divisions and you know, the big question I heard the other day is will there be a Prince of Wales trophy, which traditionally goes to the team that wins the East? And no, this year you won't have it because they'll reseed the teams when the divisional winners come out by record. So you could easily have, for instance, you could have a Montreal or a Toronto Boston Stanley Cup Finals, an old, an old original six finals. Mm-hmm. Which you know everything else has gone weird this year. Why not go in that direction too? So old time hockey, old time hockey. All right, Hanson that's brothers. your rant for old time hockey. My yes. rant is that. College basketball is back. Get into the groove. I usually don't watch too much college basketball until February, so I'm ready for March Madness and to do the bracketology, the whole thing. I know we may not have a full tournament like I usually like it. They're hoping to do that. But I'm real excited because in Big Ten country, the teams are pretty good this year. And last Saturday was a tremendous matchup between my Wolverines from Michigan and Ohio State and Michigan showed a lot of toughness and I'm really on that bandwagon but just sometimes you see a really good college basketball game the back and forth you can see the faces you can hear them yelling 
it reminds you that it's really March time is for basketball. And it's something that I like even more than NBA. I know I said that, Ernest. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I like college basketball better than the NBA. I like college football better than the NFL. Um, so this is the time. Get locked and loaded. Take that day off so you can watch the tournament. I think I will this year. I won't be going to Applebee's because I can't, but I'll be home sitting watching two TVs at the same time and, and just pretending like it's not COVID. So, do you, do you know what they're going to do this year? Is the Elite Eight will be played immediately after the Sweet 16. They're going to speed it up, and God bless America, yeah. I say. Yeah, I mean, they're going to play – you're going to play your Sweet 16 games and get to your Elite Eight, and they're going to play the next day. So the tournament will go Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. There's and always the an unexpected ball. hero in college basketball or the, the team that doesn't quite produce. It just has a lot of awesome – drama going on and the coaching seems to really matter in the uh, college basketball anyways do you think it's going to hurt the year off because this is the only sport that did not during the covid crisis no, i think we'll be right back not, no. i think it, i think it'll hurt i really do and this is the point I where think. i can edit out Ernest comments because i'm the editor okay i'm sorry <laughs> no would you no. feel that way if michigan was not number three uh yes i would I love college okay. basketball this time of year. It gives me hope. I mean, I, I, I like, love it too. I just, we should I just sometimes that, say, what by month is your favorite sport in that month? If we can possibly do it. Because to me, hockey is really, really fun when it gets to stay in the cup playoffs. And that's not going to happen until May and June. So to me, College football, October. Yeah, right. All right, that does it for us. Uh, if you have any comments or questions or if you want to be a uh, a guest on one of our podcasts. I'm even throwing that out. Email me, Paul Arnold at GoBlueArnold at gmail.com. Uh, thanks to our wives for putting up with us. Thanks for uh, Gene Gums at SportsCountry.net for broadcasting us. And for Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Have a good night.